Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Materializing Mindset Podcast with me, your host, Michael Helton. But more importantly, today, our guest, Ty Bachman. Ty is a decorated former fighter pilot for the Marine Corps and current director of flight tests and demonstration for Collins Aerospace. Ty has been around aviation all his life and in leadership roles just as long, and he's always excelled at both pursuits. Through being around Ty and seeing how he approaches each day, I knew I wanted to talk with him and talk about how he does it and how he stays consistent in the day-to-day. Whether it's dogfighting with enemy combatants or being the man he needs to be for his two sons and his wife, Ty is the consummate doer and truly embodies what it means to lead a purpose-driven life. Ty will talk about the importance of maintaining tenacity and purpose, as well as the importance of maintaining emotional balance in our daily lives. He'll get real with us about where he's at now, where he plans to go from here, and how Ty has been able to look back and define his own life as successful. I'm excited for y'all to join us on the journey today. A lot of gold nuggets as we learn from Ty and how his daily approach and mindset create a purpose-driven mission mentality and how that has allowed him to live a life by design. Enough of me talking, let's get into it. I look forward to spending some time with you here on the Materializing Mindset Podcast. Enjoy the show. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us here on the Materializing Mindset Podcast. Really happy to uh, introduce our guest here today, Ty Bachman. Ty, how are you, sir? Good, good. Thanks for having me, Michael. Yeah, yeah. Glad to have you on, man. Um, you know, we we first met by way of, you know, happenstance, I guess. We had your son working for the, the previous beach service that I used to work for. And um, through some various ways, we, we got back into contact with each other. And you know, through kind of seeing how you operate and seeing, um, you know, how you present yourself and what you do day to day. I knew there was a good bit that I could learn from you and that people listening to this podcast could learn from you just in how you approach today, how you've gotten to where you're at now. And, and it's kind of where I wanted to flow into, man. So first and foremost, just wanted to kind of talk about like, what are you doing right now career wise, just so everyone kind of gets an idea of, of where you're at. Okay. All right. That's a great question. Thank you again for having me. And yeah, um, <clears throat> we met, it was interesting. And, uh, you know, Drew was working for you, my son, my oldest son, and uh, all he could talk about was what a great example of leadership you were. So I actually came out and uh, scouted you out because I didn't quite know it and blew it, but I saw it from instantly when I met you. So um, thank you for that from from him, and then uh, thanks for having me again. Um, what I'm doing right now is so I run the flight test department for a company called Collins Aerospace. We're a Raytheon company, and we. Uh, execute and run flight test missions and demonstrations for our customer, which is the U.S. government, on highly technical programs on every type of air vehicle you can imagine, helicopters, jets, UAVs, transport airplanes, you name it. We do it all. That's awesome, man. And, and that, and now that you came into that career through your career in the military, is that right? In your time as a USMC fighter pilot? Absolutely, yeah. So after being uh, a pilot in the Marine Corps for many, many years, I went to test pilot school in the Marine Corps and was a test pilot in the Marine Corps for, gosh, 10, 12 years at the end of my career. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so you were a test pilot. So that meant that you were kind of overseeing like prototypes and and trying to see how they how they felt in the simulator before they went in the air is that is that absolutely so the, the point of a test pilot is to have a guy who knows how to do and knows the all the what i call the maths uh, plural uh, behind the machinery what's going on but you work hand in hand with it with an engineer who actually does the maths uh but then you put your 
you're behind in the airplane and you go execute what he thinks is something better. And you come back and say, you know, uh, more of this, less of that. And uh, you work together to make a great product. So for lack of a pun, you're kind of grounding the engineers a little bit in what they feel it's capable of, what it's actually capable of, and, and how you could kind of work together to get to a, a sort of a common ground. Is that? I would love to be able to tell I, I tell those engineers <laughs> that I'm grounding them a bit. I would say that they're the ones who ground me, probably, okay. Okay. <laughs> realistically. Okay. Yeah. But uh, yeah, great. Uh, I, I hope somebody's listening and hears that one. That's a good one. Yeah. I, I'm probably not going to repeat that, though. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, it's good to know the, the, the dynamic there between the, the pilots and the engineers. But um, so I guess I, I just want to kind of dive into you know, the Marines is, is oftentimes known as like the hardest military branch, the most difficult, the most, um, not often always, right. It is, you know, it, it's, it, you spend more time in flight school in that branch than any other branch. It's more expansive. There's more, um, there's just a lot more rigidity to it. And so I, I wonder, like, do you feel that the Marines shaped you into the person that you are or that joining the Marines was something you did because your values kind of lined up with, with what that brotherhood and, and what USMC stand, stood for. Uh, absolutely. It was the latter. Uh, okay. and it was interesting when I was, you know, working on, you know, what, what was, what was important to me when I was going to talk about that this, for this thing, I was talking to my wife and she's like, Oh no, the Marine Corps was just lucky to have you. You were already like that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I kind of go back when I reflect on that, like, who am I as a person? I mean, I, one, I know my mom knew from the second I was born, she always tells the story. I had to keep, she had to keep me busy or she knew I was going to be in jail. Mm -hmm. And, you know, frankly, that is the type of person we, we want and love in the Marine Corps. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> I, I had kind of, kind of had two choices. I could take that, like I could take that whole like tenacity, which I think is what absolutely defines me and I could harness it and put it into, and those are the things you did as a kid, whether it was whatever the sport of the, of the season was, uh, for me, it ended up being the Marine Corps and they helped me focus that tenacity. And if you know you don't focus that tenacity, bad things happen. Now you probably hear about those most most mornings on the news. So yeah. for guys like me, man, was I lucky to find the Marine Corps and me what in, inside my heart fit that ethos uh, perfectly. So that's really cool to hear. So do you think that was it leadership that that helped you out a lot, or was it the the structure of the whole USMC itself, or was it just a culmination of of how everything is is done in that branch that kind of led you to you know lead a life that you would define as successful? Probably if if I'm being honest, it is everything. It is, you know, I'm I'm the type of guy who needs structure. I know that now in my life and I, I have to create that on my own. The Marine Corps gives you that whether you like it or not. So mm -hmm. uh, that was good for me. Uh, and then specifically the, to your question, the leadership thing was that that's one of the first things that drew me to the Marine Corps is the type of people that I saw that were in front of me like, ooh, I want to be like that guy, mm -hmm. which is not any different than when you're a little kid and you want to be a cowboy, right? So uh, that's the type of cowboy I wanted to be. And um, those guys had just magnificent leadership skills, exactly like the ones you showed on your beach. Well, I appreciate that, man. That's making me blush a little bit. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I, you know, it, it's, you know, I kind of started to talk to the customers more and started to see where they came from, what led them to be who they are. And a lot of them said it was structure, it was leadership, it was discipline. You know, as I get older, I realize that the difference between someone who's successful and not is really just how willing and able they are each day, you know? And so to hear that you're in a place in your life because of that structure and that discipline is, is really inspiring. Cause I think a lot of people have this idea that it's this like 
thing that you're never going to be able to get to. And it's, it's, you know, it's so far away. And, and um, just to know that, that really it's that structure and that discipline that's kind of led you to, to find that success is, is really awesome to hear. Um, what were kind of the, uh, what would you say were some, and, and, and whether it's something that, was an outside influence on you or, or like you say, uh, you know, something to deal with, with structure, rigidity, but do, do you, would you say you had any like major obstacles to overcome on the path of who you are, you know, whether it was like personal development or outside, you know, situations or anything like that? Like, what would you say are like some major like conflict resolutions maybe that you came to that, that kind of led you to be who you are? Huh? Uh, good question. And um, I'm not for sure. I know how to answer all of it. But the first thing that came to my head is I know now that generally speaking, my biggest obstacle is me. Mm. And if I can get past myself, there's usually nothing I can't uh, attain, um, at least especially with a team or a group or with, with a mission specifically in the Marine Corps um, or with, with the teams I lead now. But if I can get past myself and the things that my own barriers inside myself, man, there's just this, the sky is frank, frankly, not the limit. Um, yep. so, and, and doing that, I have to create a lot of structure and I have to understand and know myself. And it sounds kind of nebulous, especially to somebody who's listening and not reading, but, or not, not here looking at me, but, um, I, I have to do things now. And it's funny cause it goes back to what you just said, which was structure that um, uh, are based on some of the things I don't do so well mm -hmm. and um, to, to limit those, those you know, not necessarily defects, but, but again, the things I don't do so well, that structure is for sure based on now, uh, man, I get up early and uh, when I get up, uh, I love it. I love the fact that, you know, most days my eyes are awake before five and I can't wait to get out of bed. It is fantastic. I, I get to do literally two days of things inside of what people do in one day. Yep. Like I get two days for everybody's one. That's right. I'm beating you. So that is my plan to, to continue to beat you by getting up early. That's it. That's it. I mean, there's, you know, and, and there's something to be said about that, knowing that you're up before most people, you know, that the sun's not up yet and there you are tackling the day. So, I mean, w whenever you wake up and you say you feel that just like, I guess that sense of accomplishment, knowing that you're up and you're ready to go and you're accomplishing the day is that, Whenever you say structure and you set up your own structure, did you kind of just say, hey, these are my non-negotiables. This is what I need to accomplish every day. I'm just curious to know because that's something that I struggle with, right, is setting up structure within my own day and, and being disciplined to follow that. So do you just have non-negotiables or do you have like a an end goal in mind for like, say, a day, week, month, and then kind of formulate what you need to do based on that? Or is it more or less just like straight up, this is what I do every day, no ifs, ands, or buts, and then it just continues to stay consistent in that role. I would say the people who know me would say that I have uh, everything I do is non-negotiable and it's that this is exactly how I do it. In my brain, I like to convince myself, eh, I kind of do it like this, but I, I am pretty legit in the, in the way I, I approach everything. So specifically, you know, when I get out of bed in the morning, it's, it's, I have to get out of bed to go start doing things mm -hmm. or else one of the things like you talked about, one of my barriers in life is getting stuck in my own head. Yep. And I have to make sure that I get stuck in my own head a positive way. So part of that is, is getting up and moving. And, you know, uh, I think movement is medicine. I think I learned that from my oldest son as well. So yeah, yeah that works pretty well. Yeah, no, that's, that's definitely true. I mean, anytime that, I feel myself in a fog or, or, you know, I'm feeling down and out. It's like when I get myself out 
almost push through that barrier, like you said, of like, oh, I just want to lay in bed or, oh man, it's 5 a.m. I woke up at 5 a.m. yesterday. Like I can sleep in, you know, those, those intrusive thoughts. I think for me, one of the things that I have to do is like you said, is, is just not think about it and just do it and not wait for that feeling of wanting to do it and just start doing it. Like you said, that movement, it's medicine. And, and it's exactly what I'm prescribed each day when I can wake up and start doing the things I need to do. It's crazy how the right mindset and all that stuff just kind of falls into place without really having to put a lot of extra effort into that particular category. But like you said, that structure of waking up and, and staying to the schedule and staying the course and having a mission, I, I think all of those things, like you said, you had them kind of previous to the military, but it almost seems like they were sharpened a bit through your time spent there. And it allowed you to kind of lead this life of purpose, you know, where you're not just flying around each day, hoping that something lands and you're good to go. It's like you have that purpose. So I, I wonder like when you've reached difficult points in your life, how often do those intrusive thoughts come in and how did you handle them in order to persevere, to keep on that goal and to stay consistent? Wow. Well, excellent question. So the first thing is, and I, and I talked about this earlier. So you, my, you know, my biggest obstacle is myself. Mm -hmm. And I, I believe that men specifically fear dominates us. I know if it dominates me. So mm -hmm. the, the, how do you, how do you handle that fear every day? Is that, that's where you have the choice, right? So I do specific things like getting up in the early early morning and doing specific things. But the one of the biggest things that I find that gets me out of fear of when specifically fear of failure, um, which can be a bad thing, is no kidding, focusing on the mission. And it sounds a little bit corny, probably is a little bit corny, but I have the like I am so focused, like laser focused on what exactly I want, probably to a fault, um, that it helps me. But I realize when I don't do that. My brain has extra time to talk or to think or uh, talk itself into being fearful of what happens if I fail. So I my my technique on how to how to solve that. Well, it's probably two things. One, laser focused on mission uh, mission execution and getting what I want done, which means you have to have one. And it could be anything from I just want to get out of bed to oh, I'm going to redo that car in my garage, or I want I want to get this promotion at work or this project done at work, or I want to make sure that I spend more time talking to my wife nicely, you know, yeah. whatever that mission is, but I always have to have it. The second thing is this. I think that one thing specifically as men, we don't do very well is talk to other men about how we're afraid. Yeah. And <clears throat> that I have definitely learned in the last 10 years is a huge thing we can do better specifically as men. I, I have to do better myself is telling other men that I'm afraid to one, a problem shared is a problem halved. And it's pretty cool. As soon as you tell somebody about it that you trust, you're like, hmm. one, kind of saying it out loud, you realize, well, that sounded kind of silly. Maybe it's not so, so much of a fear anyways. Two, it brings you closer to the other person. But maybe three, they've gone through something like that or something similar, and they can say something to make you feel better. So that uh, that's my other technique. That's really, I, I'm glad that you highlighted that, man, because I think a lot of people, they look at this idea of success and, and, you know, through, through me talking to other people, it's like the, there's no absence of fear. It's not that the fear is not there, that it's, it's known how to be regulated and dealt with in a productive way that doesn't inhibit growth. hundred percent. That's really awesome that, that, you know, you share that basically just being vulnerable, being able to say like, Hey, like vulnerable is a good word. Yeah. yeah. Especially as men, we don't do that well. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Don't do that well. And I think, you know, a lot of that too has to do with ego, right? Like I don't want anyone to think that 
I'm not this strong, you know, masculine bravado dude who faces no worries. And, huge, huge. Yeah, yeah. It's, I tell my boys all the time, like the, the things that men do that uh, all men have the same thing, which is that you, you don't want to mess with is one, you don't mess with anything that has to do with their ego, their money or, or their, their, their woman or their girlfriend or their wife. Right. Yeah. So, and if you do expect to fight them. Right. Yeah. So that ego thing is huge yep. um, in, in all men's life for sure. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's kind of funny, you know. If you ever want to test out the ego, just start looking at a guy. Just look at him, and then see how long it takes for him to ask you if there's a problem. What's going on? You know. And so it's, it's, it's. I'm glad that we can sit here and laugh about it and not feel like that's something that. I mean, it it drives me to want to be successful, but it's also you know you got to keep it in check, you know. So I think it's one of those things that can be helpful if you allow it to be. So, um, you know, you've you've kind of talked about some areas that you implement and some things that you do, what are some, some areas of your life that, that other people might define as non-negotiable that you have had to sacrifice? Yeah. I think everybody has to realize that to get someplace where you want to go, you got to give up something else. Mm -hmm. And, um, which is why I'm such a huge proponent, especially for men of sports. Uh, specifically, I know you played high school football, yep. but it's, you know, men, we're a little, we're a bit, we're not as smart, frankly, as probably women, because and at least for me, I don't really learn things unless it hurts. Mm. Uh, so, and football taught me that a lot. And it is the corny thing your coach says, you know, you get football, you got to get knocked, you're going to get knocked down. You got to get back up. That is true. You, you, it's a given. You are going to get knocked down you're going to get beat. You have to get back up. But that that giving up and going and doing that that sport i think is a lot of what i had to do in my life so in the marine corps i chose that way of life but i had to give up a lot of things so like i gave up a lot of family time i didn't get to participate in a lot of traditions and things that my bigger family uh, got to do uh, while i was you know actively fighting wars wars and gone for this country to include my own kids uh, so i had to give up a lot of that which i'm slowly getting back or making up uh, for that time now but uh, you have to give up if you want to go do something yep. and if, if you're not willing to do that, then go find another mission like yep. serious uh, as a heart attack. If you want, if you want that job and it's 12 hours a day, five, five days a week, it's 60, like you got to give up. Oh, well, yeah, you're going to get knocked down, get back up. You know, that's, that's one thing that I don't know that I'm necessarily fearful of, but just, you know, looking at life and understanding that it's like, you kind of got to pick what you want to give up. You know, and, and that's the freedom of it, right? Is like I do have the ability to say, okay, what am I willing to give up? But I've got to realize that, like you said, I've got to find the mission that is greater than what I'm giving up, you know, because it can't, it has to be a net positive based on what I'm gaining and what I'm giving up, you know, because if I'm, if I'm giving up family time to go hang out with the guys watching football, it's like, that, I don't know that that's necessarily the best mission as giving that up to go you know, have a purpose filled life and, and feel good about what you're doing. And, and so it's like, I think that that's really cool that, that, you know, you can kind of recognize, um, that there is that sense of, of sacrifice to it. So what would you say, you know, you talk about having a mission and having a goal in terms of like over the course of the next 10 years, what, what would need to happen whether it be in business or personal life, but what are like the overarching goals for you for the next 10 years for you to look back and say, ah, mission complete. Whew. Uh, <laughs> it's weird. It, it's a, it's a slightly more nebulous goal now that I'm a, a little bit older. <clears throat> still, still, still in my forties, by the way. Um, 
But one of the things I realized is in order to, for me personally, to get to, to fight against my own self, uh, I have to be careful not to, to make sure that I take care of myself first. And this is going to sound a little interesting, but is me having a work goal my number one thing in life? Absolutely not. Kind of did it. Been to the top of the mountain. I think, uh, I think that side of my life is, will forever be fulfilled. And that's not like the thing I'm going to do in my life. And I'm, I'm going to exchange that now to give my wife some time to go pursue her work goals, right? And I'll be at home to take the dog to do this or whatever, or, or go plan family events. I mean, that's a, that's a good exchange. So I'm not going to give up for a career anymore. But what's interesting when I do that, when I allow myself to step back and relax and don't fight my own self, so many more opportunities come my way. Mm -hmm. It's amazing how if I relax, it's like that opportunity, it just attracts opportunities. But if, if I try and fight it, man, every, everything seems to be hard. So I'm in the 100% mode of if I keep myself healthy uh, is, is really, really important to me. Uh, keep myself healthy and, and strong and relaxed and let things come to me. Man, I am a way better person. I have to relax a little bit of Aaron Rodgers, R-E-L-A-X, relax. But yeah. if I do that, I am a, one, I'm a much better person to be around. But two, I'm wickedly more successful. That's interesting because, uh, you know, it, it's you, you always get pounded in your head that if, you know, if you want this, if you want that, you got to go attack it. You got to go get it. You got to go fight for it. And that's true to a sense. But I think it, it just depends on what you're after. You know, it's like. I feel like if there's like, um, you know, like a physical goal of, you know, me wanting to lose 20 pounds, you know, like I've got to go attack that. I've got to go get after that and get it. But like in the sense of wanting a mindset that, that breeds positivity and that's relaxed and like, I don't know, I guess it's, it's really interesting to hear that, that whenever you just kind of let go stuff happens, you know, it's like when I try and be the director and the playwright and the producer and the actor and this and that, it's like, it all crumbles down, you know, absolutely crumbles down. And then you, you end up fighting yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly where I'm not anymore. I'm not going to over control my environment or I'll say I'm not going to try to over control. I don't always succeed in that, but yeah, uh, yeah just uh, yeah. I have to be prepared. You know, mm -hmm. if I'm going to go yeah, physically challenge myself, I need to work out, be ready to go, but I'm going to be prepared for the next uh, opportunity comes my way for sure. And the best way to do that is to have the mental bandwidth to see it in front of me. Mm -hmm. And uh, that is absolutely my plan. The other thing I said, and this is going to a little bit of a rabbit hole, but that's important, I think, is, um, <clears throat> and uh, my communications team, like I told you, aka my <laughs> wife, pointed out to me, like, you know, like one of my big things right now is, is health. Like I, I want to stay healthy and alive as long as I possibly can. And that, that's important one, because as a Marine fighter pilot and, you know, that's not an easy life to live. So mm -mm. there are some, uh, there's, n I cut off a few years, I think of that life, uh, doing what I did. Mm -hmm. Um, another part of that is, you know, both of my parents, uh, I lost both my parents in my twenties. Oh my God. So, um, whew. that's rough, man. <sighs> well, I wrote it down cause I didn't think I was going to get, uh, emotional, excuse me, but you know, both my boys are in their twenties now. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me. So my, my point now is to, to be healthy and around for them for as long as I possibly can. Yeah. I think, um, the most true thing in life, you know, and, and there are things that we have control over, but you know, when you talk about thoughts that come in and correlations that we make in our life, cause that's what humans do. 
right? We make correlations, we make associations. So, um, I think for you to recognize like, man, I, you know, what, what happened to you in your twenties and now your boys are in there. It's like you, you create that association, but you know, I think you understanding that you have a little bit of control over what happens, you know, and that again comes back to, to not acting from a place of fear, but acting from a place of like, what do you seek to accomplish? You it, know? it is definitely more of a mission mindset, yes. not of a fear mindset. One hundred percent, and that's cool because that can that that mission of me, which is retaining health and longevity, um, get, gives me something to think about. And it's it, it's everything from as little as like, do I really want that twenty two ounce porterhouse at the steak <laughs> steak joint? I really do, um, but now maybe I don't choose that as often. Yeah. Um, so it, it puts purpose in it, but it doesn't make me crazier. No, yeah, I think. I think one of the things to think about with the porterhouse is like how much butter <laughs> went into that 22 ounce, you know, it's like, I don't know. I mean, I know how much butter I cook with when I'm, when I'm trying to make something tasty, but, yeah, um, funny. but that's, that's really awesome, man. That's, that's, um, it's, it's kind of enlightening to hear that, you know, you've put so much emphasis on, on just being able to provide, you know, cause that's what it seems like. That's what, that's what you're trying to do is put yourself in a position where you're able to be the best provider you can, you know, and that, that to me is, is like, you know, now that I'm a dad, it's something that it's been a paradigm shift for me. So with that, do you think that, you know, you've, you've, you've talked about it too, but in terms of like routine and discipline, like, is that just something that you've just always had? Like you've just always had this ability to be disciplined. I know you, you, you talk about having to hone in some of that tenacity and trying to focus it, but in terms of just like your discipline to be mission goal, mission oriented, would you say that that's something that um, you know has just always come natural to you, or was it was it sparked by sports and then and then later improved upon with the military, or you know? I, I think that actually hits the nail on the head for me one hundred percent. I think you know when you're a kid, you don't realize that that structure actually is helping you. Mm -hmm. You probably fight it a little bit. I know I probably did, but then you quickly learn, and I did specifically learned through high school sports that um, that structure was exactly what I needed to to get myself to peak performance. And mm -hmm. that's what I am. I'm, I'm a, I'm a peak performance guy. I'm a perfectionist. So I want per perfection in everything from the way my health is, the way my car is, the way my job is, which is also one of the things I had to fight myself for or from, but, and then talk about matching up to the Marine Corps. Um, that absolutely worked well for me there. And I, I, I handle my job a lot the same way right now is I, I have those same, uh, specific things I have to do every day or else I don't feel like I really did my job correctly. Yeah. Lots of structure. That's, that's interesting, man. So, it, so it sounds like a lot of like your top personality traits could also be your biggest inhibitors if left unchecked. Absolutely. I yeah. think that's for every person, right? It's yeah. weird. You know, it's, and, and my wife reminds me of it all times. It's like the, the things that I think are the things that are bad about me, or which are what make me, mm -hmm. but also the things that could kill me. I, I tell uh, people all the time, like, uh, if my if my brain didn't need my body for transportation, it would probably kill me. Yeah, like frankly, that's it. Like it's my, brain, like, my right. brain will kill me. Yep. Yeah, find no a more efficient way to do this. Yep. yep. Yeah, that's interesting, and and you're absolutely right. I think it, it's that's true for everybody. You know, as I've reached deeper into my 20s and kind of find out more about myself, you know, it's I, I've realized that too, and. And I don't know, I guess hearing that from someone who's been there and done that is really inspiring because it allows me to realize like these aren't necessarily the good and the bad things, but this is the area I should really improve on and kind of keep in check. And this is the area that I should maybe eliminate, or this is the area that, 
you know, I feel really good about or that I am really good at. And so I need to expound on it. And that's kind of, I don't want to say held me up, but I know that for me, it's like, you know, discipline is one of the areas that I struggle with. You know, it's, it's one of the areas that, that I haven't necessarily, it, it hasn't necessarily come natural to me. And hearing from you and understanding that like, it's all about structure. It's all about following the structure and just staying mission oriented. You know, that, that definitely helps me in being able to realize that it's really not that difficult. It's, it's really simple, you know? Well, I guess I should say it is difficult, but it's, it's, it's simple to do. It's not easy. Exactly. Yeah. It is simple, but man, difficult, especially when you, when you're having weak times or when you're, when you're fearful for sure. Yeah. So whenever you, you know, you had your time in the military and, and, what would you say was kind of the biggest things that you did with that on days where you just didn't feel the drive or the motivation? Like what thoughts did you procure to kind of just keep going? I mean, I know you talk about being mission oriented, but like, were there any things that you fall back to or any like, you know, when I was in the Marine Corps and on active duty, it was not difficult to get, get hyped for the mission at, at any point in my day. That was not a problem in my life. Absolutely. Um, for me now, uh, I wouldn't say it's uh, it's hard for me to get up. I, I love getting up every day and doing what I do, um, but a little bit less hype it, involved right now. But it, for me, I, again, I have to create uh, a structure in my life that allows my brain to be open to see the opportunity in front of me. And that, the first thing that, that I've learned uh, recently is my brain is most creative at 5, from basically from 5 a.m. to 9 a.m., and if I'm uh, in a place, uh, not only in space and time, but uh, in my world where I can listen to what my brain's telling me, then life is really, really, really good. But if I let in too much noise, whether it's stress from work or whatever else, you know, life happens, right? Man, I, I, I miss that brain time early in the mornings where I'm the most creative and I struggle. And um, so, so that's what I do. I create times in the morning where I can let my brain talk to me and just see what, what, it, what it tells me. And it's kind of, it's kind of neat if, if you get to the point where you can listen to yourself. Yeah, no, that I, uh, it's talking to yourself. You got to worry about, I think. Right. Yeah. I think that's <laughs> a big one. I think, yeah. Yeah. Having conversations with folks that aren't there, I think is, is the big one you want to avoid. But, uh, um, but I think that quiet time is essential. Is that, is that kind of what you're saying? Like you just find some space to just be alone and be quiet and, have to have it. Yep. Absolutely. I have to find quiet time for myself every day. I mean, even when we go on vacation, my wife makes fun of me. I get up and leave. I go find my own quiet space. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is for me, it's essential uh, right now in this phase of life for me to just keep uh, keep everything in perspective, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's and that's the biggest thing, too, is that perspective is being able to realize that, you know, just because I woke up and didn't feel as tenacious or as hype or whatever you know, I'm still staying with that structure, staying with that discipline of knowing what needs to happen to accomplish the mission. And I think going back to, to having that purpose is what can really take people beyond that feeling of not wanting to get up in the morning and say like, and being able to put yourself into the mission basically on, on what needs to happen for this mission to be accomplished instead of what needs to happen for me to feel better. You know, and that again is, it sounds like you've just got that ability to kind of separate from self and say, this is what's got to happen. This is what I need to do. I need to find my quiet place. I need to find, I need to go meditate. I need to go do whatever. And, and that's kind of what sets you, sets you up for success for the rest of the day. It's um, interesting where you were discussing this. I remember like, remember when you were, 
you know, in actively in sports and you were training or like whether, whether we'll, we'll just say bench press or squat, some event where you, get, you, you went down to prep to go do that heavyweight max day for bench or whatever it is. Right. And you're on the bench that first time and you're thinking to yourself, Hmm, not really feeling it today. And as, as you're getting ready for your max today, you're kind of taking this like internal stock of where you are at yep. you know, knowing, like, Oh, okay. I have to go. Maybe I need to go. There's some physical things I can go to be better or, or worse or man, I am feeling it today. I'm going to crush it. Right. So you're kind of like taking stock of where you are physically. I find that if in the morning, if I take stock of where I am emotionally and mentally, the rest of the day is easy. Yeah. So as an example, some, some days it's not good. Right. So some days I get out of bed and I'm like instantly on that, that work thing that made, made you cranky right there at the end of the day. And I'm instantly churning on it right now. And I know right then like bingo, Okay, I have to find something to do to solve that, get that out of my mind, or the rest of my day is going to be gone. Or it could be one of those days you're like, you know what? I'm just, uh, like you said, I'm just not feeling it. But man, that's okay. Knowing is the hard part. And even if, okay, I'm not feeling it today. Now I can do other things to make sure I still perform to the, the, to the peak of my ability and whatever it is I have to do. So when I talk about what I do mentally in the morning and how it affects the rest of my day, that's what, that's what I'm talking about. That's it. I want to call back to that. Knowing is the hard thing. You know, I think, um, I know, especially with me, like when I'm facing difficulties and problems in my life and it's, and, and I don't know the answer, I think that I'm upset because I don't know what's wrong and I don't know what it is. But really, if I start thinking about it, it's like, no, I know what needs to change. I know what needs to happen. And it's this weird cycle where like, I'm upset at myself because I should be doing this to maybe do this a little bit better, but I'm not. And, you know, I think, like you said, that knowing, is that kind of what you meant? Like the knowing of, of what needs to change and understanding and yes, exactly. Or just being open to <laughs> listening to where, where that, where that's going to come from, like, like mentally being open from it. And I, I would give another example of this, which is hard, but, but I feel like my mom also taught me this one. I was like, Oh, just go sleep on it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like whatever you're, 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 you can't find a solution, whatever it is, the problem you have for that day. And it's funny, my youngest son and I use this in the garage. We, we work on Jeeps all the time. We use this one all day. We cannot get something done, whether it's a bolt out. That's, you know, it's a blind nut. You turn it backwards, upside down. Yeah. We cannot figure it. You know what? We'll literally say to each other, let's just go sleep on it. Let it go. Come back and maybe dinner. He'll come down like five hours later. Dad, I know what we can do. We can do X, Y, Z. And then boom, it came to you. And then you got, but your brain had to have enough time to work on it while you weren't messing with your brain. Mm -hmm. And so to me, that's, that's super, super important is to give my time enough, my brain enough time to figure this stuff out for me. That's a really awesome concrete example of, you know, what you talk about from kind of just sitting back and allowing solutions to come your way and not, you know, open, you know, swinging open every door and trying to figure out where that, you know, let's figure this out. Let's get this done. Let's, let's go. Um, you know, I've, I'll face that with, with issues with like in my life. It's like, I want to figure it out right now. Let's get it going. Let's get this fixed. Let's move on from it. But sometimes that's not, that's not the natural progression of solving the problem, you know, whether it's internal or external, like getting a bolt loose or, trying to figure out why I've been in this yucky mind state for however long. And so it, it I, I love that yucky mind state. That's exactly what it is. It's yeah. a yucky mind state. And sometimes, sometimes it just is too. Right. Yeah. Um, that's the other thing I've learned is sometimes yucky mind state is okay. Mm -hmm. And being, you know, happy enough or securing yourself enough to realize, yeah, I'm yucky today. 
Yeah. Or, and then how about this one? Calling one of your bros yep. and saying, man, I'm just pissy today. You know, what's cool about that too is if he's, if he's good enough and you're close enough to him, he's going to either do one thing or one of two things. He's going to say, yeah, man, I had one of those last week. It sucked. You'll, you'll be fine. You know, shake it off. Let's go meet for whatever, you know, later on today or two, he's going to say, quit being a sissy. Yep. You need to suck it up and get back on the horse and go. Yep. And what that, that's the awesome part about sharing. Yeah. I'm just having a yucky day. It's cool. I, I can, I can tell you that from my time spent in sports, I react better to the latter. I react better to someone shaking my shoulders. You know, it's like, uh, I was talking with a buddy of mine and, you know, I'll just be frank. I've gained like 20, 25 pounds since I've started working from home in the past year. And as a guy I hadn't seen in a while, he's like, man, you look like you ate the guy I used to know, you know, just messing around little <laughs> brutal truth. That's little, awesome. little humble that. fat shaming, you know, but like <laughs> sometimes that's what I need. Like, I don't know. I just, because, because for me, like if I'm shown and, and sometimes, you know, there, there's that humble balance where sometimes you do just need someone to say, like you said, man, that's perfect. Like, yeah, dude. I went through it too. It sucks, but you know, here I am talking to you and, and we both got through it. And other times, like you say, you need someone to just kind of slap you around a little bit and say, look, you, you got to face the truth. Like you can pull yourself out of this or, or whatever it is. And, um, that's where that security in yourself and that kind of dissolvation of the ego kind of comes into play. Cause when yeah. someone tries and when someone, when someone would try and do that, when I was 18, 19, 20 years old, it's yeah. like, what, who are you? Like, don't you know, you know, don't you know how important I am? Where it's like now that I've kind of, you know, working to a place where I don't take things so personally and I can look at things objectively, you know, I think that's, that's really awesome. And I think, um, you know, hearing that even big, strong USMC fighter pilots go through tough days sometimes, you know, it's like, it, it, I think recognizing it, understanding it and kind of being like you said being secure in yourself to know that it's okay sometimes to feel that way like, yeah i don't always have to be top of the world you know and and hearing that from you really helps me a lot because you know i'm i'm generally speaking a very positive outgoing like kind of guy so like you know being that high also comes with like you know, the higher you are, the faster you fall or whatever the case may be. So it's for like, for sure. So I've got to realize like, I'm, I'm up on this mountaintop all the time. Like I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great. And then some days it's just like, man, I, I just, this, I, I'm not feeling it, you know? And so to recognize that and to understand like, it's all good, I think is a big testament to, to you to show that, you know, you don't, you don't get to a point where you can look back and call yourself successful and say like, man, this has been a great life, you know? And that's one of the things that I'm, you talk about fear, like I'm fearful of looking back and thinking like, I wonder what would have happened if on those days I didn't feel like doing it, I just did it instead. Or on those days I didn't feel good, I reached out to somebody and said, man, I'm not feeling it today. Yeah. You know, and, and called those feelings out. Cause like you said, I love when you said earlier, a problem shared is a problem halved. I've never heard that. And I absolutely love that. It and is for sure a true statement. It's so true. And, and just being totally transparent last night. I was having a hard time going to sleep, turned the lights on, started talking to my wife for about 10 minutes, got out of my own head, shared what was wrong. And I don't even know that she said anything. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even know that she gave any words of encouragement or words of advice or anything. It's just like, but just talking it out. Okay. Someone else has heard it. Let's move on from it. Yeah. You know, that's, that's really cool to hear that, that you've been able to get to your place in life by doing some of those things. You know, so only now that's, you know, 40 plus years, 49 to be exact of, yeah. uh, of, of, of messing it up. So yeah. 
Well, probably another few years of still messing it up. Right, right. Well, that, you know, that's why I'm sitting across from you right now, man. I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to, <laughs> trying to avoid some of those. But no, I, I think, um, you know, it's what, what would you say? Like, I know, and I think I already know the answer, and I think a lot of the people listening might know the answer. But what would you say were like the biggest determinants of success that didn't have to do? with your own discipline and, and your own tenacity? Like what were some outside factors that, that maybe had a role in dude, that's luck. That's yeah. called luck. Yeah. And I don't, I, I don't say I don't necessarily believe in luck, but I don't know that I believe in luck. Yeah. I believe that you are ready to do a certain thing when that opportunity comes, mm -hmm. which is why right now I was, I'm talking about making sure that I'm mentally cognizant of ready to see that opportunity and feel that opportunity come in front of me and I can snatch it. Yeah. Um, but if I look back on my Marine Corps career and the things I got to do, man, people call that luck. But I would call that I worked my butt off to be ready to go to be qualified to do that thing at that time. And only I was in charge of that. So, yep. you know, you have to be prepared and uh, you have to be able to see that opportunity and then go seize it. Yeah. Uh, not be fearful enough to, to not try. That could be a bumper sticker. You got to see it and seize it. Yeah, I could. Oh, I nice. love it. That's, that's good. No, I like that a lot because taking action, man. I mean, it's that's the biggest thing is is you have to be able to react or not even act, not even react, but you have to be able to act when that opportunity presents itself. And absolutely, yeah, hundred percent. You know, and like you said, like that comes from that daily being open minded, being available mentally. And not being clouded by yesterday's sorrows. Oh yeah, you know? buddy of mine tells me he's like, "Hey, if you if you got one foot in yesterday and one foot worried about tomorrow, you're pissing all over today." Yeah, I love oh that. man, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah, yeah, I like that a lot. That's perfect. Another cliche expression that the presence is a present. You know, if I'm not right here, right where I need to be, you know, ties pointing to a coffee cup that says "Be present on it, man." It's and it's a verb. You know, it's to be focused on the moment at hand. And, uh, you know, I think that's, that's where I find the most fulfillment, right? Cause I think a lot of people my age and maybe a little younger, maybe a little older, I don't, you know, depending on where you're at in life, but it's that like, how do I find fulfillment? How do I, you know, Oh, this job's not bringing me joy. It's not bringing me fulfillment, but like, I've got to reel it in and realize that I can create that through my mindset and my perspective. And, you know, I'm sure it, I don't want to say it was easier, but I think for you, like is your time in the Marines, it's, it's somewhat simple to find a, a sense of fulfillment. Would you say like through that job or was it like you had to fight to find that fulfillment? Oh God, no. Yeah. It was every day. Yeah. yeah. The, yeah. There was no, no problem finding fulfillment there. Mm -hmm. uh, 100%. And, but I, I, I have to, to work for it now. I have to create a mission when I don't have a mission. Oof, yeah. Look out. Yeah. This, uh, yeah, these, these hands could be uh, uh, idle hands for the devil's time right there. So yep. I, I have to be careful. But when, you know, when I was in the Marine Corps, there was no problem finding a sense of fulfillment. That's interesting because it's like you can't type it into a search bar. You know, <laughs> how do yeah. I find fulfillment? Sense you know, it, it's, yeah. it's like you, you have to really, like you said, know yourself, create that structure. And then it kind of just happens upon you. Well, and there's the other things you actually got to go do something, mm -hmm. you know, fulfillment doesn't come from waiting for something to come to you. And I hate to say this, you know, kids these days, that yeah. thing is, I know that that's what my generation, the older generation thought of me too, but, um, you got to go do something and it's okay if you don't like it. Mm -hmm. Like I worked a lot of crappy jobs growing up in my life, but each one of my, I, I sought out for whatever reason, 
those three reasons, whether it was ego, money, or a girl, right? Those are the three things that men seek out things for. And every single one of them was for one of those reasons. And I did it. And if I didn't like it, I found another one. And it might've been a crappy job too, but I've done a lot of crappy jobs in my life. And man, they at least taught me what I didn't want to do mm -hmm. and that I could go find a sense of fulfillment somewhere else. Yep. What would you say? Like, so when you say crappy jobs, that like when you were in high school or is that you name it, man. Yeah. I feel like every step of the way it's, uh, it's interesting, you know, like not like any of the businesses I've ever been in my life. You always at one point, the lowest guy on the totem pole. Yeah. Right? And you had to do a lot of crappy jobs. And one of the things that, here's the perfect story. I went to the merchant Marine Academy. I had to learn how to sail ships. I was an engineer and we we're out to sea and I was in college and the, the, the sewers system of the entire ship got backed up. Oh, so they had to open up the sewer system. And there was only one person on there that was the lowest ranking engineer of all. And that was me. And I <clears throat> they wheeled the crane over and I stood on the hook of this crane and they lowered me down into the shit tank. Oh my for God. me to find the thing that was clogging up the shit the shit tank. And then when I did find it, they lowered me back up. I remember because I walked off the as soon as I walked off the thing, they had hoses and they sprayed me all down. And I went to the side of the ship, took everything I had off and threw it off, threw it over the rail. From that second on, not a single person on that shipped ship for, for one second doubted my commitment to being there. And it was an absolute, literally a shit job. Yeah. But man, it worked, worked out pretty good after that. So from, from that point on, I kind of learned to myself, huh, I have no problem volunteering for the shit job early because I know that it will, will not only get, get the mission done, but it will prove to everybody my commitment to this mission. Yeah. I needed to hear that, man, because that's uh, going from from beach service to this job. That's exactly what happened with me. You know, I went from the the manager, the guy that everyone knew to like this new role where I'm at an entry level position where I'm cold calling people and they're pissed off that I'm calling them, you know, but it's like I, I roll with it. I take it as it comes. And I and I understand that, you know, if I put everything I have into it right now, it's going to pay dividends in the future. It's a lot easier for me to understand that sitting in a laptop than it is for you on a crane getting getting hoisted. And God, it was miserable. <laughs> that was miserable. Oh, that sounds rough. Did it at least give you like a respirator or something? Or was it just like, <gasps> yeah, it was. Nope. It was. Oh. I did not have a mask on. What was that it been that, a good that idea. clogged up the shitter? That's Somebody had flushed a t-shirt down their trash, oh. down their toilet. Yeah, it was a t-shirt clogging the drain. Oh, that's horrible. I can, I can remember exactly. What it was like, it's, it is so seared dim. into my mind. Oh my God, that's horrible. <laughs> well, man, I think, uh, I don't know that there's anyone listening that's going to be faced with a worse problem at work than that. So it's like, <laughs> you can get through it. I should have been on with that show, Dirty Jobs, for sure. Yeah. But, but I, when I think about it, you know, we ran that beach service, you know, just yep. last year, and I had some of the guys that worked for me. And some of my, I wish it would have been a little bit more, uh, frankly, been less weak. Mm -hmm. mentally yeah. that to say like guys you just just go do the job yeah it's, what do you what what's your other option sit yeah. here and do nothing yeah it, being stagnant like that is not good for you especially as a young man so mm -hmm. move go do something yeah if you don't like it move go yeah. do something else it's it's one of those it's one of those tricky places because like you know what's best but they don't like sitting around and just waiting is not the option for and, sure. And beach service especially is one of those things where like 
if you just sit back and wait, I mean, you're going to make a little bit of money, but it's like, you're not going to really find fulfillment. You're not going to really find joy in what you do. You're not going to connect with people. And it's just going to be another job, like getting hoisted into a shit tank. It's not going to be any different, even though you're on the most beautiful beach in the world. For sure. And it's like, I I feel like that was one thing that, you know, I always try to take with me in that job. And, And one thing that I know that we tried to convey to people was like just getting out there and, and doing the deal. It's not, and it's not even about the money. I mean, you haven't even discussed once about money or finances or anything, but it's like that just comes with it. That's like an ancillary byproduct of sticking to the mission, being purpose-driven and being disciplined. Would you agree or? Absolutely. It's funny when you said that, it rang to me. I'm like, yeah, I haven't talked about money once. Holy crap. And yeah. I frankly have done pretty well, I think. But one of the reasons why I've done well is because I work hard. Yeah. And one of the things I also learned, especially with the Marine Corps, was I mean, we were gone a lot and we worked a lot. Mm-hmm. One of the things you don't have time to do when you're working a lot is spend money. Yep. It's weird. Yeah. So how about, and I, I, I do want to, I wanted to say that to some of the people we have working on to, or with us on the beach to say, yeah, just go work. Yeah. Go work. And the, one of the best ways to buy products of, working is you're not actually spending your money at the same time and then you'll have money to do something else with yeah it's like a yeah. compounding effect it's you know? kind of interesting you said that funny well sweet ty i know that whenever i listen back to this and and get an idea of what we talked about it it's going to be really influential and i'm excited to listen to this a second time um you know i think you said some things on here that i needed to hear and i think a lot of people listening are going to get a lot of stuff from this man so i appreciate you coming on and sharing us your wisdom and and how you got to where you are now and and where you're seek to go and man it's awesome thank you so much appreciate it thanks for having me thanks ty all right guys that about wraps us up for another episode of the materializing mindset podcast i hope that you guys were able to get as much out of that episode as i did and learning from ty and understanding that even fighter pilots got to ground themselves you like that? I thought that was pretty good. I was waiting to use that all episode. So anyway, uh, you know, guys, if you got something out of this episode, if you felt like it spoke to you in some way, I implore you to leave a review, leave a star rating. That lets me know how this thing's going uh, and, and what you guys are looking to hear. It was a great episode with Ty. I've really learned a lot and, and got a lot from, uh, you know, hearing how he approaches the day and how he's able to self-regulate in a way that, that provides optimal performance. So um, guys, thank you again for listening. And I hope you enjoy your time spent here on the Materializing Mindset Podcast. Good night.